Welcome to Two Men in the Bible with Doyle Patrick and Dr. J. So, Doyle, how are you doing today? I am feeling great. Feeling great. What? After that long walk we had, we were passing out uh, flyers and tracts to the community. Uh, vacation Bible School is coming up for First Baptist in Tillman's Corner, and uh, exciting stuff, huh? Well, as I'm sure you're aware, I have a disability, my knees and back and, and all of that. And when we go out and do a lot of walking, I enjoy riding and watching y'all walk. It's one of, I don't know, one of my top things to do is ah. watch people work. I've always had that knack, that kind of ability. You're the man. Uh, you know, I was born to be a supervisor. What can I say? Nothing wrong with that. You, you know, we're all given special gifts and... Uh, but we, you know, it was good that you had the air condition, the car running, and uh, we could cool off. And you know, I try much. to be thoughtful to the people that are working for. I mean, with me. <laughs> uh, so, Doyle, what is the topic today? What are we doing? I have no idea. You don't. Oh, <laughs> uh, is it that three-letter word that we're not supposed to say? It's dirt. You know, the world considers it uh, dirty sometimes, right? It's not just the world that considers it dirty. Oh really? It, it's the church. It's it's folks. It's sex. You you want to say a word? You you holler out sex anywhere, and everybody turns around. It's uh it's one of those words that's universally understood, but it has so many different meanings to so many different people. Well, okay. So what you're saying is that some people in the world think sex is just uh, whatever you choose to do for your pleasure, as long as it doesn't harm anyone else. And then within the church, uh, there's a lot of shame with it, and it's not talked about enough, perhaps. It, it really, you know, I know I'm an old guy, all right? And coming from an, an older perspective, I see that, mm -hmm. you know, how the, the, the uh, sexual morality around mm -hmm. Morals around sex has changed mm -hmm. over over the time, and it seems that uh, we treat uh, sex as no more than any other body function. Mm -hmm. uh, There's just something that you do, and it's got no further meaning other than just some kind of a relief. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people treat it more like going to the bathroom than they do like something that is uh, has more meaning. It's almost like an animal planet. We're just animals. We're not created any differently from, from the pagan viewpoint. Well, I know you don't listen to rap music, but there are some rap songs that do mention animal planet. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got you. Well, you know, my dad, I was brought up originally Roman Catholic in, in the first 25 years of my life, and my dad was not allowed to read the Bible as a kid and, and because... There was so much sex in it, hmm. and sex in my house was kind of like a dirty, a dirty word. And my mom would, you know, if there was a sex act on a TV show, it'd be like, "Sex, turn it off, turn it off." Jonathan's gonna be, and you know, I think that that in some ways we need to turn it off, but on other ways, God created sex, and everything God created was good, including the act of sex within a marriage between a man and a woman. Oh, I have to say amen to that. Yeah. yeah. So what in the world, Doyle, uh, God created sex, and that's a good thing. 
uh, all things he created in the original was was very good. Uh, he first created it for what? That's where we need to start. You think? Is okay. What was sex first created for? Now, we've, we mm -hmm. had discussions before we get started with these, mm -hmm. and we were talking about this. And, you know, the two things that were mentioned uh, was procreation and pleasure. Mm -hmm. Are there other reasons for sex? Well, absolutely. I, I believe I believe the number one is procreation. Uh, God's go God's purpose for sex between a husband and wife, emphasis mine, emphasis God's, is because uh, it, it basically procreating his world, the church for that matter, other righteous people, children that will become righteous men and women that will, uh, you know, increase righteousness on, upon the earth. You know, when uh, when God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply, he told Noah to do the same. Nimrod rides up in, in Genesis uh, that that he's trying to create this one world order and the people were not uh, scattering abroad and they were not procreating in the way that God wanted. And so he confused the language for that very reason and moved them all over the world to where they had to. And so uh, when we look at sex, God made it so that we could make babies, number one. Number two, it was an act of pleasure. You read in Song of Solomon and uh, it's very much okay to have fun with sex. I don't care what what priest or what monk or whatever tells you that sex is dirty. God made it fun. And the Song of Solomon is not an allegory. It's a letter between a husband and wife. And the woman speaks first and speaks frankly. Uh, children are never mentioned. And so the pleasure of sex between a husband and wife is a gift from God. I think the other one, Doyle, is the oneness, the intimacy aspect. The act of sex between a man and a woman becoming one flesh. In Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning, God. God, that word for Elohim is a singular plural. God is a plurality of persons. We know in the Trinity, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. And there's one God. And so when we see sex, the oneness between a man and a woman, the unity of that flesh is reflecting the glory of God and the oneness of the Trinity. We can even see creation, creation of a baby through that very act that replicates the similarities between Father, Son, Holy Spirit in that uh, three persons in one. All right. Here's here's yep. here's where I'm, I'm I'm you know my my mind is is wandering on all. Of sure. This, all right. Sex has been created for procreation. Mm -hmm. and sex has been created for pleasure. Mm -hmm. What is wrong with the pleasure of having sex outside of marriage? Because God didn't create it that way. We were created. The first institution is marriage. And that is precisely why Satan is attacking that institution so ruthlessly in this end times. Because... Uh, we now can't even define what gender we are. We now don't even know how to define marriage. We've made it a mockery. And we now see in our society, specifically the United States of America, a fallen nation and a fallen uh, reprobate nation for that matter. Yeah, but 
All right. I, I, I guess I, I'm, I'm having okay. trouble putting the the when when we as Christians say that mm-hmm. sex outside of marriage is wrong, mm-hmm. and, and we say that homosexual sex is wrong. Mm-hmm. Where do we get this from? Now the scriptures clear yeah. Yeah. on on sex and the use of sex and all of this, and I, I understand that. Mm-hmm. What I, I guess I'm saying is is that where did all of this go wrong? What's the point yeah. at which we varied from that? You when, know, you you yeah. you you said that that we have uh, all of these different. Uh, mm-hmm. You, you went back to Genesis and you went all over the place with the with Nimrod and all of those and you just lost me all I guess I was up on the tower on the second floor <laughs> sure. yeah I, I, but what I'm, I'm, I'm I guess what, really what I'm getting at is you know what are we as Christians how should we address our children mm-hmm. our church our spouses our friends I mean how Where's the line? Because it seems that everything is so confused now mm-hmm. about sex. I, I know that the scripture is clear. One man, one woman, mm-hmm. for life. And there's reason for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Song of Solomon, one of my favorite verses. Song of Solomon mm-hmm. 2, verse 7. Young women of Jerusalem, I charge you by the gazelles and the wild does mm-hmm. of the field. Do not stir up or awaken love until the appropriate time. Mm-hmm. What is the appropriate time? The appropriate marriage. time is yeah. marriage. Yeah. And what it's speaking of here, and, you know, I guess what I'm saying is, where do, how do we address this issue tastefully, yeah. tactfully, in a church setting or in a home setting with our children? I think we need to preach on it, number one. I think we need to preach to our children on it, number two. I think, you know, the church is not just going to the building. The church is, we should be the church every day within our families. We should talk about God's word, and that includes sex. I think the church, uh, we're succeeding in a lot of things that don't really matter in a lot of ways. I think the church needs to talk about this, not only in the building and the worship, but also with our families at the dinner table. I think, uh, you know, Deuteronomy chapter 6 talks about talking about the world in the morning and, and at and midday at the table, sitting up lying down. We need to teach our kids uh, what sex is about, because if we don't teach them, Hollywood and the world will. I read about, I read uh, in doing prep work for this Mm -hmm. from Dr. Dobson. Yeah, go ahead. He was talking about how uh, it is nearly impossible to counsel out of someone's psyche Mm -hmm. the the uh, facts that they hold in their mind about sex that mm-hmm. were embedded in them as children by their parents, and it was he was speaking of those who who cannot s- even say the word sex mm-hmm. I- I- to their to their spouses. Uh, it's it's treated as a dirty word. It's treated as something that uh, yeah that um, that we shouldn't we shouldn't ever even talk about. And I think that that's one of the problems in marriage that that a lot of people have is yeah. that they can't communicate about certain things. That being the biggest one. Well, sex is addictive, and you know that's why so many things outside of marriage, including pornography and other issues, uh, and and infidelity and all that, because sex is addictive. There's a biophysics has just come up, caught up with the Bible, in that 
when there's a sex act between a man and a woman, there is a chemical reaction curves, which gives them this sense of uh, euphoria. And it's addictive. And that's a good thing within a husband and wife. But I think our kids and those in society uh, that uh, that don't understand what it's for and don't understand what the Word of God means and don't understand the institution of marriage, this this brings a soul tie. See, uh, there's a lot of people committing suicide because of breakups and what have you. It's almost uh, the number has increased 20-fold in the last 10 years. It's because people are having an outside of marriage. And, and when you have a soul tie out, outside of marriage, it's like you're being married, but you've uh, broken that tie. Let me give you an example, and I guarantee you, Go ahead. people that are listening to this, there's going to be a lot of folks that are going to relate to this when I say this. Okay. They're going to know what the reference is, Okay. and it's something that, that, that a lot of folks that, that will just pick right up on this, yeah. all right? When I say boiling bunny. Boiling bunny. A boiling bunny. Mm-hmm. Is this some sort of a... Okay. Okay. Now, let me give you the reference for those of you who don't know what I was a talking about. A boiling bunny. There was a movie that came out. Okay. And it was Glenn Close, and it was um, Michael Douglas. Okay. And he had a, an encounter with her, uh, extramarital encounter. And he intended it to be a one-night stand. Oh, nice. It became an obsession. When it became an obsession, it led to eventual murder and, and this. But the bunny was boiled in the, in the kitchen, and it was a threat to him. How dare them do that to that poor bunny? This was the 90s, so oh, okay. you know, all okay. that kind of stuff was, and it was okay. But the point of the movie was an obsession. And I've watched several different mm-hmm. uh, versions, not of that particular movie, but of that theme. Mm -hmm. It is an addiction. It's like when the verse that we just read, Mm -hmm. when you awaken that in some people, they don't know how to handle a rejection of that. And you may go into it expecting it to be one thing, but they may go into it expecting it to be something else. So you're saying there's more to this than the emotion and the physical aspect. See, that's the part about yeah. it that I think that there are so many people that they want to treat it, that they want this to be a recreational activity. Right. Like going out and playing tennis or golf. Yeah. But the problem with that is we as human beings, we have physical sides, but we also have emotional sides. We spiritual do. Sides. We do. And this act, which was created by God for marriage, exclusively for marriage, mm-hmm. we have taken that, we have perverted the use of it, and we've decided that we can use it outside of marriage. And then we can have decided, now that we've got it outside of marriage, now we can use it as whatever we want it to because we have changed it from procreation, which was God's intended, mm-hmm. to pleasure, which is for us now. Instead of being for God, it is for us. So it's more than just uh, our privacy and our our business is our business. What I do in my bedroom is my, it really does affect other people. It does. Yeah. And that's the problem that so many people have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Murder-suicide. Mm-hmm. How many times have you heard that phrase on TV? A lot, unfortunately. Uh, you know, just recently, a man killed his ex-wife and her new husband and then i think he 
I think he killed the the new husband and committed suicide, shot her, but didn't kill her. But there's so many cases of this over and over and over where people just can't let it go because it is not just a just a physical act. Yeah, I mean, you're getting into the soul of the person, and this brings a connection, and it affirms what the Bible says is true. Um, and I think it also sex between a, a husband and wife brings protection for the for the for the spouses because it, you know, uh, Paul says it's better to marry than burn. And so sex within marriage allows that release. It brings that oneness, that one flesh. It, 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 it glorifies God. And in a sense, it's very holy. Um, but I think it also provides protection from falling into uh, temptation outside of marriage, too. Because, you know, statistics say Bible-believing Christians uh, have more sex for the most part, than than unbelievers, more satisfaction in sex. I there remember you reading go. about that, okay. and it, it, it. I thought that was quite funny. Here's the thing about this yeah. that I think we, we we, you know, we we look at it, we talk about it, and we mm-hmm. we understand this. But there are so many people that still have that selfishness that they're holding on to. Mm-hmm. That I want to do this for me. You know, this has got nothing to do with anybody else. This is my business. Mm-hmm. Kind of idolatry, right? It is. Yeah. Uh, and that First uh, uh, Corinthians chapter seven, verse nine. And if they do not have self-control, they should marry, since mm-hmm. it is better to marry than to burn. Yeah. With desire. Now the. Can you see that in our society, the burning part? I think I can see it all over the place. Yeah, you know, I our society, yeah. well, I remember back in the 90s, and this is a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd hate for it to even think about it, but it's 30 years ago. I went to a seminar mm-hmm. at Cottage Hill Baptist Church. And there at the seminar, the guy was from, I believe he was from the... Uh, the focus on the family group, and he was speaking on the, the subject of, of our society and sex. Mm-hmm. And during that talk, he put a picture up of the centerfold of the of a Playboy magazine from the fifties, mm-hmm. and he said, "You know, I, I'm I'm putting this up just for this purpose, so you can see this." Put this picture up. And at that time, there were gayfers ads that mm-hmm. were running in the newspaper that showed more skin than that from mm-hmm. the 50s. Now, from the 50s to the 90s, uh, you were seeing those kinds of things. And that was before the Internet took on. Mm-hmm. That's before we had the ability to watch pornography on our phones yeah. uh, while we're sitting in traffic. Um, I. Um, heard from a friend of mine who was a state trooper that there, he had investigated an accident. The guy was watching a porno uh, film mm. on his phone when he oh, had no. the wreck. Um, I would say that counts as addiction. So it has an and addictive it's burning. quality. It's a burning. It has lust. a burning. Yeah. And it 
takes people to places they don't want to go. You think about um, the, the problems that we have in our society today. Mm-hmm. Sex outside of marriage breaks up more homes than anything else. It does. Um, how does a Christian navigate this time we're in, find a spouse, and what does the Bible have to say about being sexually compatible? Well, I think we, number one, the church, once again, we need to be preaching on sex from a biblical standpoint. We need to be talking to our children about sex. We need to be teaching the Bible at home about sex. We need to encourage discussion, open discussion about sex. And I, I think that marrying another believer that's strong in their faith, because their faith and, and not being unequally yoked, because what place does Belial have with the God of Israel, with the true God? What place does darkness have with light? And so I think the big key is having someone uh, of the, you know, within that marriage relationship or covenant relationship that you can grow in the word with, grow in grace, and, and have the same um, similar uh, perspectives on, on sex and in the word of God. Let me go on and apologize to you. I set you up with that question because so many people mm-hmm. have, the, have this idea mm-hmm. of being sexually compatible. And I have heard, and I have heard this from people that I know that are very dear to me that yeah. said that, you don't get married, you wouldn't buy a pair of shoes without trying them on. No, okay? so you're right. Now, right. that to me is about as crass as it gets. Now, here's the thing about this. Mm-hmm. How do you define a man and a woman being sexually compatible? The way that you define it is that they are of opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Then, you have open and honest discussions about your desires in marriage when you are married with each other. And I will guarantee mm-hmm. you you're sexually compatible because that's the way that you were made. If you will check the, the owner's guide, yeah, it yeah. says one man, one woman. And then don't go to popular science go to a biological dictionary, and then you can find out if you're a man or a woman because psychology won't help you with that. But DNA says you're either a man or a woman. Okay. Then you find someone from the opposite sex. Then you have open and honest discussions about this, Mm -hmm. and then you can become become sexually compatible. Absolutely. Become. Now, what does that mean? It means just what the Scripture said Becoming one flesh. Mm-hmm. How do you become one flesh? It doesn't happen overnight. It's not a one-time act. It is a long-term, loving, committed relationship in the sight of the Lord. And that's how you you deal with sex. Yeah. When you're open and honest with your children about sex, there's tons of it out there. And they're going to learn one way or the other, whether you treat them Animal Planet or Hollywood or someone else. Yeah. Well, I think you're exactly right. There's no, you know, you don't try out the product first. That's the world standpoint. That's the demonic. uh, That's comparing your wife to a pair of shoes. It really is. And, and, you know, it cheapens it. 
it, the person that told me this, I said, you know, if your wife heard you say this, she'd probably slap you. Mm -hmm. said, no, she wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think she would. They're divorced, by the way. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. So looking at this, you know, sex within the compounds of marriage is fun. It's for making children. It's the unity, the oneness, the intimacy, uh, knowing each other, protecting each other, and comforting. You know, it's interesting that one of the things after the fall was they saw they were naked. Uh, a husband and wife has that gift to have comfort in knowing each other. And uh, that's a beautiful thing created by God. Absolutely. So this has been good. I think that from from what reading between the lines, what we've discussed, sex needs to be talked about more in, in light of Scripture. But I don't necessarily think that when we talk about it, we, we should talk about it as a as a bad thing. No. We should talk about it in terms of uh, positive things. The scriptural mm -hmm. aspects of it. And then how do you know? I mean, I've heard so many people. I, I remember many, many years ago hearing a preacher, and I was at that time had was taking a youth group to uh, Atlanta Fest back a long time ago, we got there and the speaker said that one of the most uh, prominent questions he got was how far is too far when you're dating? Yeah. Well, if you got to ask that, got to. Well, yeah. his answer to that was he walked over to the edge of the stage and dangled his feet over the corner. Mm -hmm. And he said, how easy, how easy is it now to push me off of the stage? Mm -hmm. And then he walked back a foot. And then he walked back another foot. And he walked back another foot. He said, you understand what I'm saying? Don't play with it, the right? further away from it you are, the better you're going to be, the more protective and the stronger you'll be. The closer you get to it, the more addiction takes over. Well, I think this was very good. And God has a way of, you know, maybe some people out there listening have struggled. Maybe you're still struggling with his pornography or other sex and uh, that's following the world's ways. But the best part about this is through a relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, if you don't have eternal life, you can have that eternal life by grace through faith, by believing, repenting of your sin and putting your trust in Jesus. And knowing that as a man, he died on the cross. As he rose from the grave, he demonstrates he's God. That God can take your mess and turn it into a message for his glory, for your good. Thank you.